Life is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but by the moments that take our breath away. That is a quote by Maya Angelou. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 58. The topic of this week's episode is Abundance is Waiting. My guest this week is Laura Waldman. Laura is an inspirational speaker, healer, abundance coach, and author of the book, Money Manifestation Mastery. Laura empowers conscious leaders, change makers, visionaries, and business owners to create a life of true abundance and expand into the next level of their impact, influence, and income. Hi, Laura. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi. So lovely to be here with you today. I am glad to have you with me. I see you are doing some amazing things in the world, and I'm very interested in them. Um, why don't you give the listeners a quick little background about who you are and um, how you come to be the person that you are today? Well, uh, good question. So I, um, I grew up in Canada in a really beautiful part of the world and in a lot of ways had a really idyllic upbringing. But we went through some challenging times as a teenager, some sort of shocking traumatic events that spiraled me out into a very low place, uh, particularly as a teenager. I struggled with, at the time I wasn't so aware of it, but at the time, in retrospect, I realized I was really struggling with depression, eating disorders, very self-destructive um, patterns. Um, and it was a very negative and dark time in my life. And when I was about 18, I started reading sort of spiritual books and had it was had an interest in that stuff, but it, uh, but not fully. But when I was 18, I remember getting this vision of myself speaking to the world about the fact that people have the power to consciously change their lives. I saw myself speaking about consciousness and empowering people and bringing positivity to the, to the world. And it was very interesting because that really wasn't, there wasn't anything in my life at the time that was around that subject, but it was like this vision. I could see it and I could feel it. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is my future. So I thought this must mean that I was going to be an actress. Um, it sort of looked like that. I was being interviewed and speaking to audiences. So I had gone to university, um, went to the first year university. I was really low at that time, but I remember looking around thinking there's nothing for me here. I just couldn't get into it. So I decided to quit university and follow my passion to be an actress, follow my dreams. That was the first time I had this really strong sense of a purpose or that there was something bigger for me in my life. And I started following that. And 
that dream of being an actress then took me to uh, London, England, where I decided to go and study acting and go to theater school in London. So I left my whole life. I left my relationship and went to pursue my dream. Again, this sort of came from this inspiration, this idea to go overseas. And when I was, when I arrived in London, it was a really tough first year. I was very lonely, working incredibly hard. Um, A year into my stay, I met my now husband and he was a meditator. He used to meditate twice a day and he was so calm and peaceful. And I remember feeling or just knowing I needed to try that, (laughs) but I had huge resistance to just sitting still and being with present with myself. But I, at some point I made myself do it, made myself sit for 20 minutes and I absolutely hated it. squirming in my chair, but eventually I, I kept sticking to it. And eventually I started having these amazing feelings of peace and calm. And one day, uh, it wasn't very long after I started meditating, maybe it was a few months. I received this message. I had my eyes closed. I was in my, sitting on my bed meditating and I, in flashing lights in in my mind's eye and in my ears, I heard and saw, you are a healer. And I just collapsed in my bed in floods of tears, sobbing my little head off because I knew in that moment that I wasn't going to be an actress. And I knew that my whole life was about to change. And I was very upset. (laughs) And I also had no idea what a healer was. So I said, okay, universe, bring this to me. I don't know what this is. Um, and I, I'm not looking for it. I was really mad. And uh, anyways, long story short, I went on a first, like this weekend training course. And it was like this feeling of coming home. I I had this really powerful experience of, it's almost like a remembering somehow. But I started to reconnect to a part of myself I had lost a long time ago. and. I started to learn and understand the connection between our mind, our emotions, um, the universe, and and our physical body and our physical health. And again, I hadn't really realized at the time, but I'd been really struggling with physical health problems. I had something called candida, irritable bowel syndrome. I had health problems, but I also felt terrible emotionally. A lot of the time, I just felt bad in my body. I felt really disgusting sometimes in my body but I really and I think that's what was part of my eating disorders but actually what I learned to understand was I was also carrying a huge amount of emotional pain and I didn't understand about emotional pain I didn't understand about mindset then so I've been that was almost 20 years ago been on this journey of really first like me understanding for my own personal growth and healing and transformation. But I also became incredibly passionate very quickly about wanting to help everyone else because I saw there was so much pain and suffering in the world. I'd experienced it in my own family. I just saw that people were miserable, disconnected. And I found, I felt like I found the answer, you know? And um, so that was the first step that got me, that got me where I am today. And I've been on this path as a healer, uh, for a long time, I would I would have called myself a healer and a spiritual coach and a channel, and I've basically been always passionate about helping people, helping to empower people to change their lives, helping to empower people to transform their lives, and 
over the last years I've been focusing, um, well, I, I get very clear guidance. I get very clear intuitive instructions about what to do and what to, what, what to create in my business, what to focus on. And I've been focusing really on empowering people um, through every, in every area of their life. But I'm focusing more on abundance, helping people to live a life of true abundance in every area, not just financially speaking, but health, relationships, with purpose. Um, and that's been my passion ever since. Mm. I love everything that you said because I'm on that same path too, as far as positivity. And I, I fully believe in the mindset that if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Uh, so I'm very, yeah. very much into that. But when you say you're helping people with their abundance, what what is that exactly? Because like you said, when you say abundance, most people think financial, but it's, it really isn't. So tell us what that is and how you go about um, showing people that they have abundance in their in their life and within them. Good question. Well, everything I've I teach and everything I've taught has always been something that I've also had to personally learn and go through. So just to say before I answer that question, I was doing all the spiritual healing work and helping people, but I was really stuck financially. We were really broke. We had two little girls and were really struggling. And it hadn't really occurred to me to even like address this subject of abundance and financial abundance and all of this. But I started understanding the connection between um, ourselves and all of life. So my first intro, intro into abundance work was about money. It was about, I was starting to be taught and started to teach about money manifestation, how to welcome money into your life in alignment with your heart and soul. So it started with that. And again, with just like with everything, what I uncovered was there was, I had a huge amount of um, negative mindset and belief systems around money. Mm. And of course, this was stopping and blocking me from welcoming money into my life. I, I love the subject of manifestation, the law of attraction, the power to create our lives consciously. And so money was just another another piece added to that. So I created a course called Abundance Activation. It was a 10-week uh, course to manifest money in alignment with your, your heart and soul. I was working on that personally and professionally. And, and that's a really fascinating, fascinating subject. But what started to happen over the last couple of years is really as soon as we start as soon as i start talking about money with the client um within about 10 seconds we're not even talking about money anymore we're talking about something much deeper so really every what i really started to understand and see is that everything that's showing up in our life and how we're experiencing life we are at the core we are at the center so when we're looking at consciously creating our life creating a life of abundance. We're looking really about our relationship with ourself first, first and foremost. And the idea and how I've seen it, sort of how I bring it through psychically, through my intuition, this guided information that comes through me, on a level of our heart, on a level of our, our soul, which I call our true nature, we are abundance. We are whole. We are complete. So all of this experience, when we're experiencing any kind of lack or not enough or separation or feeling alone or like struggle, 
it shows that somewhere within us, we've disconnected from an aspect of ourself, an aspect of life. Um, so it goes very deep, this work. We're looking at coming back to wholeness when we're looking at abundance. We're looking at coming back to remembering who we are, our deep connection, first and foremost with ourselves, but but all of life. The fact that we're not separate, we're not separate from anything. Um, but our inner wounding, our belief systems, you know, that what I call family programming or ancestral programming as well, that gets handed down from generation to generation, pain, trauma, um, can get stored in our in our body, in our mind, in our emotions, and create this sense of of uh, not enough. So what I discovered, which fascinated me, is I I main I work with men as well, but over the years I mainly attracted in women. That's starting to change now, but mainly it was women. So I was really coaching like hundreds of women, and what I discovered with every single woman when we were looking, started looking at money, for example, but also creating the life that they truly desired. What we started, what I started realizing when we started digging deeper was that every single woman that I've ever spoken to had an issue with her self-worth, mm. with not feeling enough. And I realized that this was going on and running in every, everyone. So I, I became very, very curious about this. Why are people not feeling enough? You know, why, what is going on, including in myself? So, so the short answer to your question would be this abundance work is really about coming home to the fact that we are enough. We're more, not just enough, we're magnificent and beautiful and powerful and amazing. And when we can tap into that part of ourselves. This is when, for me, when magic happens, like anything's possible. Um, so I hope that answers your question. <laughs> I went around the houses a bit there. Yes, you know, it's amazing um, when you touch on the self-worth, um, women not knowing their, their worth. Um, I used to be one of those women, too. And just like you said, I had to really do work on myself and and get out of that. But it's funny because I didn't go around saying, I don't know my worth. I didn't even realize that I was like that until I started to take a step back and started, like you said, reading and learning and really looking within me. How do you get mm -hmm. other women to realize that that's where they are? Because I don't think any, anybody's walking around saying, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I mean, some people do say they're not worthy, but I think it's the ones that like me that don't go out and say it, but really by your actions and maybe how you're thinking that you're, you're, you know, treating yourself less than how you deserve to be treated. Mm. Well, yeah. And it's really well, well pointed out because a lot of this is often unconscious. So one of my jobs as a, a coach um, is to help bring consciousness to the unconscious so I ask women questions and what it really came up with the money manifestation um, stuff when I was working with money. So I'd be, I'd say, all right. So, so I'd say, okay, like if, if I had a magic wand and you can ask for whatever you desire, um, we'd start with money. Like how much money would you be calling in each month, each year? And um, they would sometimes like really struggle to even just 
say what the amount was. Um, so I'd coach them into just just follow your heart, you know, what feels right. And um, we'd start there and then we'd be looking at, all right, so what what would that bring you? What would your life be like? How would you what would you be experiencing? What would you be doing? How would you be feeling? Um, what's that state of being that you're in with this life? And and it'd be beautiful and they'd be starting to like feel it and expand and start to like I'd be guiding them to really try and feel it, experience it, imagine it. And then the next question eventually would be, you know, so what is it that is stopping you or blocking you from welcoming that into your life? Mm. And at this point, we'd be deep in a session and much more connected and tapped in. And what would come up is it an awareness would be, I don't feel I deserve it mm-hmm. or I don't feel I'm good enough. But that those answers would, would come with these sort of with this within this session and asking questions. Um, but but it's like this thing that was in the unconscious came up to the surface. So. And the other thing that's come up a lot, especially with women, is this fear of what other people will think mm-hmm. so that they'll be judged or criticized or um you know, she's too big for her boots. Mm-hmm. You know, who does she think she is? These sorts of fears that these are these are like things we've heard or like the voices in our head. Like, um, and so many women have said that that as well, which I find really really fascinating. So, um, so I I'm asking questions to women to help them understand like what's running you, you know, and bringing conch like consciousness to the unconscious which sometimes needs a little bit of guided support to find that. Mm. Very interesting. Now, as you're mm-hmm. going through, you say you primarily work with women, but you do work with some men, right? Mm-hmm. Do you find, what's, what's the, um, the difference between the two? What do you find in maybe the women that the women have a lot of the, the same things in common that maybe the men don't have? Hmm. It's a good question. I tend to attract in more conscious men. Mm -hmm. So I haven't worked so much with just men from all sorts of backgrounds. So I'd say I actually uncover similar, I find it kind of not that different. And that's the thing that's really, really surprised me. I think b- both sexes seem to have a fear of their power, which has really come up around this work as well, like really uncovering who we are. And men seem to have just as many fears and insecurities as women do. So I haven't, in the work that I do and the level that I go in on, which is connecting to people's heart and soul, I kind of I feel people's, uh, what I call their, their true essence, so their heart and soul. And then the blocks and obstacles I don't, to be honest, on that level, I don't notice a massive difference. Mm. Mm. But I'm, sh- I'm sure there are, um, I think, in how we're, you know, how we are in the world. But um, when we really, because I've discovered that men are just as sensitive. They're just as, like, their emotions are there. They've just been more buried. Mm-hmm. So in a safe space, which I create a safe space to really access, I, I don't find it that different. So it's it's really it's really interesting to me that but that's just been my explorations. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. I I was wondering mm-hmm. if you found that 
men are more in tune with themselves more than women. Um, and of course we all have fear, but I wondered if, and I, and I wonder if men kind of have the same thought process as we do is kind of the, you know, well, I'm not worthy of that, or I can't do it, or are they, they're more of, yes, I can do it, or at least that's what they show. But then really internally, when you get down to the, to the root of it, they have that fear because they know they're a man and then maybe they can't um, they don't mm. feel like that. So just, I was just wondering what you were seeing there, if there was any big discrepancy or, if, you know, we're, we're all human. We're all have the same fears and, um, everything else yeah I think when you get down to it there obviously everyone's unique and different and everyone's slightly different um you know I've definitely heard people talk about men not having the same issues around self-worth and receiving I definitely know there's men that do have that going on especially kind of a more sensitive guys or people have experienced trauma or abuse as well there's definitely patterns around there um but when we get right down to it, we all have fears and insecurities. And um, that's what I see. It's sort of like the really core patterns that stop us and block us from moving forward. Mm. And, um, you know, we care what people think about us as well as human beings. We are affected by each other. Mm -hmm. So these societal patterns or patterns that have come up in the family dynamic that will be these voices in our head or these that we've heard maybe our parents say or our grandparents say how you, you know, that stopped you from really going for your dreams and really like transforming your life and for the better, because we hear these voices in our head saying, you can't do that. Or who do you think you are? Or, you know, you're not allowed to do that. Or, you know, all those, all that programming, mm -hmm. we all have it, whether we're men or women, and we all just, uh, you know, it's just how we deal with it, I guess. Right. Now, how long on average, does it take you um, for them to start for anyone, male or female, to start to kind of have the the breakthrough? Is it usually one session or two sessions, or is it something that it's like an aha moment and they get it right away? Mm. Well, this is a really good question. Something I've been really interested in and and playing with over the last twenty years is like transformation and true transformation, and um, so with me and how I work, we'll have that transformation, the aha, being fully aligned with like what's possible and what's, you know, um, like what you want to go for and getting aligned with your dreams and your visions in a, in a session. I can get people fully aligned into that very fast. But the challenge is staying in that mm. and holding that, I call it vibration, or staying in that alignment. When we just know, right? We, and you're feeling good and aligned and confident. Yes, I could do this. Um, we're really, really connected. I can get people into that state in, in one session. But what happens is, is as soon as we start going out beyond the session into the day, into our life, and we'll start to slip back into the old patterns, the old habits. And this is where it can feel like, you know, two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. So what I've what I've realized with us humans is we really need support. We need ongoing support and, you know, safe spaces and containers to, it's like going into training <laughs> to train yourself into a new mindset, new belief systems, um, to stay really aligned and connected to your vision and your dreams, because it's, 
it can be hard to hold that for yourself sometimes mm -hmm. because life is going to be challenging. And in those moments, it can be just, just feel easier just to give up. So I found, so I've set up my work ideally that I'm holding containers for people for at least six months to really start shifting some of those old patterns. We can do a lot of amazing work in, in less, less time, but I've really noticed really deep transformation. We can really see really great results when you're being held over a period of six months and a year would be even better. But um, so each stage, three months, six months, a year, you're going to see shifts and changes. You'll see shifts and changes after one session, but but it's about really supporting people to to make those changes moving forward and to create is it to create new programming to to shift the old programming and create new programming does take time sometimes. Mm -hmm. We can know exactly what we need to do, but it's just it's somehow holding ourselves in 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 that new space can be a challenge. So that's been my experience, anyhow. Oh yeah, the just the like you said the the shifting and um the mindset and, and the breakthrough. Now, do you do your coaching one-on-one or is it more of a group setting? So I have one-to-one -one packages and that's definitely what I primarily did um, for most of my career. And now I'm doing more. I've got a mastermind, a living abundance mastermind. It's a group program that I take people through um, and I, you know, do live trainings and I, I try to offer like different ways for people to access this work. Mm -hmm. um, but primarily in my live one-to-one -one stuff, it's either my mastermind, my group program, or one-to-one, -one, and then one-off okay. uh, trainings here and there. Okay. And your training, your group trainings, your lives, are you doing them online or are you doing them actually in a location? Online at the moment, everything's been online. For, I was, again, divinely guided to uh i was always one-to-one -one in live in person um for many years and now ever my whole business is online mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and you know things are always growing and changing and evolving i'm getting the messages to start doing more um, like live group um like retreats and workshops and things so there'll be definitely more in-person live stuff coming up in the future mm -hmm. yes it's it's such a great thing that we can run our type of businesses online because I think you can touch more people that way. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. That's, that's really, that's really lovely. It's uh, amazing to, to be able to have clients all around the world and serve people internationally. It's, it's really lovely. And you know, there's also something for being live in person as well. It's, it's I, I, interestingly, I found the results are the same, whether, were online or in person, which I which I found really interesting. I wasn't expecting that when I first started doing online work. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect that. It doesn't that seem to make a difference. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Now, see, now this is a question I always like to ask someone. Before you knew that this, this was it, this is what your purpose was, this is what you were supposed to do, during mm -hmm. your journey, at any point did you say, you know what? I can't do this or I'm not sure about this. Tell me about your journey and, and how you felt and whether you felt confident going into it or did you have to work and work and look within yourself to know that, okay, this is what you've been destined to do. 
that's a great question. I'm so glad you've asked because, oh my goodness, it was <laughs> a lot of work and overcoming huge inner obstacles to be where I am today. So when I, I mean, I've been through so many, so much growth and evolution with my business because it challenged me and confronted me and it still does every step of the way. So us, you know, starting out as a healer, it was so long ago now when I first started working with clients one-to-one, -one, I can't remember quite as well then. But at that time, I didn't even tell people what I did. I thought I was too weird, too woo-woo. <laughs> so I used to say I did some kind of massage. I wouldn't even tell people what I did. So one of my first hurdles was I, I said I was coming out as a healer. I was coming out in all my woo-woo <laughs> stuff. So that was one of my first big obstacles. I was completely paralyzed by um, judgment or the fear of judgment. How do you perceive? So I was a really undercover. I was really doing this work quite secretively. And so that was, that was my first obstacle. Then I started getting the messages that I needed to, to start making videos on YouTube. I cannot tell you that was the worst news I'd ever heard. I was terrified but it, the message kept on kept coming it just kept on coming you have to basically the guidance was you have to make yourself visible mm -hmm. your people cannot find you if you're hiding so you need to become visible and you need to become visible to this to internationally and i just and i was hiding in you know my london home doing my secret sessions pr pretty much and um it was all word of mouth i wasn't advertising or anything so it was a huge leap for me so I made my first video and I remember just my hands were shaking when I pressed upload on my, on my YouTube, this is my new YouTube channel. It was terrifying for me. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get all these haters and like people, you know, being really critical. And the hilarious thing was, is actually no one watched my video. <laughs> so It was so funny. Like, oh, actually uh, that didn't happen. So that was my a one really big obstacle for me. And I've had so many, you know, getting, you know, when I was guided to start doing public speaking, terrifying. When I was guided to write my first book, terrifying. And I found writing my book an incredibly painful process because my, my inner critic went completely bananas. You know, who do you think you are? Like, who do you think you are to write? You're a terrible writer. You can't write at all. You know, for example, um, so everything I've done, and, and this is what happens to all of us. So anytime you go to stretch out of your comfort zone, you, anytime you're doing something new that you haven't done before, um, it's going, you are going to be triggered. Your shit is going to come up. Mm -hmm. You are going to have to face your demons, your inner demons. And what I've learned, I've learned to love this process because what's so fascinating is it's when we go to do things differently or go for our dreams or expand into something new that we get to know ourselves mm. even more. Because I had no idea that some of those belief systems were running in me until I started challenging myself. So it was like, it, it, to me, a lot of this felt like going to my death. That's how scared I was. But the voice, the, the sort of the that inner guidance, I call the inner guidance system was, was just very clear. Cause I, I have a daily practice of connecting to this part of myself 
And it was just giving me really clear instructions of what I needed to do. And so I've learned over time to just trust and follow it and face the fear and do it anyway. But I tell you what, it's, it's been it, really painful at times. And it, it all was about my, again, my self-worth, how I felt about myself and what was going to happen if I put myself out there and made myself visit, visible. And what was, just to say for anyone listening, what was super interesting to me is all the things I feared, they didn't really happen. You know, they, it was, it, the fear is really the main problem or that like low self-esteem or lack of confidence. And you get better as you do it. You know, you get better through doing. So you just have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so every step of the way, and anytime I'm being, I'm stepping into something new that's beyond my comfort zone, it will come up. I know those voices come up. So it's something I still have to work with like all the time. And I've learned to just embrace that as a process. It's not about perfection. And I coach quite successful people now and, you know, people who are successful business owners and entrepreneurs and people that we see out there, every single person struggles, has challenges. You know, every single person has doubts and insecurities. Um, So I think we just have to remember like the human part of us and that's part of the journey and part of the process. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just part of our human experience. Mm, I agree. And I can relate with you when you were saying about the videos, because uh, a couple months ago, I started doing videos as well. And I I was just going, Oh, my God, you know, I can probably Mm -hmm. talk to, you know, thousands of people better than I could with just talking to a camera. And I was going, right. I was going, oh my God, this, you know, one, you feel weird because you're not talking to anyone. And then you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to put this online and then I'm going to have people say nasty things about me. And, and yeah, it just, so I'm like you, my first video, nobody watched. So I was like, oh, okay. So I, <laughs> I kept doing it and it, getting better, getting better, getting better. But when, yeah, when you first start doing it, you're like, okay, I'm afraid, you know, I stumbled over my words and yeah, it's just, it, it's a process, but you, you just have to keep doing it now yes. in on your journey um, to, cause how long have you been doing this now? Well, I've been on, I mean, I've been on this journey for over 20 years, professionally over 15 years. Um, yeah. So it's been a while. So I just, I'm curious. So this is what you're doing. This is your life's work, your passion. That's that's how I look at it. Yeah. Now, along the way, and this is what I've had to do in my life, is there's people that you can't bring along with you. You got to let them go. So family or friends, and I'm not talking about your, your husband or your children, but say, you know, parents, sibling, anything like that, or some friends that you had before you started this journey and that you found that maybe didn't fit your life for what you wanted to do. Did you have people like that in your life? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the, um, yeah, that's a, that's a real challenging aspect of this growth is the letting go. Mm -hmm. So to welcome in the new, we also have to let go of the old and the aspects of our life relationships, dynamics, that are no longer in alignment with where you're wanting to go. Um, and that's painful. That is painful. And yes, it's, it's happened to me number, a number of times over. Mm. Um, 
some some relationships can grow and expand with you mm-hmm. and some can't because you know people are just choosing different things and choosing to have different experiences so and you know and some some things sometimes pe- people relationships can surprise you you think that something might need to end but it can change but yeah that that is that is painful and i've been through that lots of times yeah yeah it it is it's it's different i know i had a a friend who i thought was a friend and we had been friends for years and then when i started my journey and like i would call being so excited either wanted support or to tell her and she was like totally just disinterested and i was like oh okay um so eventually i realized okay this is not a person who's part of my support system or a person who you know because you do you need a support system but you need someone who's going to like you say either grow with you or be there to encourage you along the way not just totally blow you off and you know everything that they're talking about is more important than what you're talking about yeah it's really really interesting because we create relationships and dynamics in our life based on where we are and actually as you start growing you you can start to see that some of those dynamics weren't actually necessarily healthy mm-hmm. um and that's part of the growth process um and it's really important that you at least at least have you know one if not two people in your life that can be your cheerleaders and be there to you know to be there to support you it's like for me that support system is essential on this path as well mm-hmm. Um, and there's been times I felt really alone and that there was, I, I, no one understood me. So I started like, as part of my, cause I'm really into manifestation and, um, consciously creating my life. And so I, there was times where I was like, literally on my vision board, I was like, soul connected or heart, heart, heart connected friends. I needed to manifest more people in my life. Um, because there have been times where I really felt like I didn't have that. So it was the lack of that support that inspired me to start calling that in. And now I'm really abundant in amazing friends and connections, but it wasn't like that always. So also, yeah, it's really, really important that you have at least one or two people in your life that can really support you on this path. Oh yeah. Very important. Now I have a question for you, personal question mm-hmm. about um, meditation because I have tried mm-hmm. And I'm like you when you said when you first started, you couldn't sit still and it was just because I'm I'm like that my mind is going on overdrive all the time. So I'm always thinking about, okay, let me do this and do that. And when I do get still to sit, I fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to get better with it. And and usually I, I guess you can consider it meditation, but usually when I'm alone and maybe just doing something or not quote unquote, trying to meditate, I hear, you know, that inner voice or um, going, okay, no, I see that clearly. This is what I need to do. What am I doing wrong with the meditation? Well, you're not doing anything wrong. Um, it's, I, I've, I've kind of coached and supported lots and lots of people to, to meditate and everyone says, I can't meditate. I can't silence my mind, you know, so every, I, I remember thinking, I really need to change some, or at least talk to people about this. I'm really glad you're asking that question. So, so we have to work with where we are and just be with where we are. The first thing to know is the mind is going to be noisy and busy. And that's, that's part of it. It's about sitting and being with yourself, breathing with yourself for long enough to give 
your mind a chance to have to slow down a bit. So if there's a lot going on, which there usually is because life is busy, for me and from even from back in the day when I first started, it could take up to 20 minutes before I found some sense of like my mind even just slowing down a little bit. Um, so first of all, this idea that if the mind's busy and you're not doing it right is, is false. It's just about, there's a lot, how I see it now is we have so much input stimulus information coming into us all the time that our mind needs time to process it. So, so give yourself space and time. If you're falling asleep, it just means you're tired. It means your body is like, whoa, cause you've actually, often we can run off, um, kind of nervous energy like adrenaline mm -hmm. a lot of the time we're running 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 it's not it's almost like um it's not our real energy so when we start when we stop or slow down we can, we're actually connecting to to more of where we truly are how our true energy levels are and that doesn't you know that that also can be the reason why we don't want to stop because like if i stop i'm never going to get going again right mm -hmm. so so that's so what I would say is if you're falling asleep, you're just it's okay because you just need a little power nap, maybe. <laughs> and that's all right. So what happens eventually is when we start sitting regularly, we get more in tune, we get more in tune with our rhythm and and we start to be more connected to where we are. Again, we we are all quite disconnected from ourselves. So it's it's first it's setting setting habit. Um, figuring out how you best work. Um, and I ideally would be setting some kind of a space in your day every day where you commit to it, you put it in your diary mm -hmm. just to help get a new healthy habit going. Mm -hmm. It's just like with exercise. The, the starting to exercise, if you haven't exercised, can feel so hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but once you get into a rhythm with it, you start to really crave it. It stops to being such hard work. So so I would say it's about kind of putting it in your diary, making a commitment to it, and just like just giving yourself space and not judging it. So just letting yourself be where you are. So if you're falling asleep, that's just because you're tired. And if your mind's busy, it's just because it's those your mind's busy. So letting yourself be where you are. And in time, in time, things start to calm down. But even now I've been meditating for over 20 years my mind will still be racing in the beginning mm. if if i have you know if there's lots going on hmm. um so that's just how our, our it's just our mind it's just how, how it how it goes hmm. okay does that answer your question at all yeah it does it does because it's something like i said i, I want to do and i've tried and i think like you said i'm just tired and then yeah i just have so many things and i find like i said i find that when I'm not trying to, but when I'm just maybe doing things around the house, just quiet, there's nothing else going on. That's when, yeah. you know, I can, I can hear and get guidance. So, uh, well, that's very good to know. And I think also maybe, I don't know if it works for everyone to just sit still and breathe right away. Maybe it's also about, you have to figure out like where you are and what's going to work for you where you are now because if that's too big of a leap to just go and sit meditate it's not working out you can find steps there so um one for example could be um like walking in nature mm -hmm. so mo like a moving meditation where you don't you know you don't you know you don't go on your phone you just kind of breathe in the moment get out in nature that's a beautiful way to connect 
Um, journaling is a really great way to connect because you can spend the first bit of journaling just getting all the thoughts out. And then eventually, if you give yourself time and space, you'll start tapping into that inner guidance. Or it could be through movement, through dancing, or listening to music, or it could even be gardening, cooking even. There's lots of ways that we can tap into that part of ourselves, playing music maybe. Um, so that I think the idea that we have to just sit still and, and breathe um, is maybe another limiting point of view. So it's about getting creative and figuring out the ways that you connect. And because if that's what you're looking for is to find that peace and stillness and connection. And that, you know, for me, it feels that feeling of flow, like that feeling of ah, that connection point. There's lots of ways to find that. So um, it's also about getting creative and working with where you are. Mm. Okay. I do love meditation is really good for lots and lots of reasons. It's really like great for preventative medicine, reducing stress levels getting yourself into balance into harmony with your body there's lots and lots of benefits so i do i do recommend it but we also have to work with where we are and if it's not happening then it's about figuring out other ways to make it happen as well to find that connection okay, okay. great tell me about your book <laughs> uh so my book is called money manifestation mastery it's my five steps to abundance activation and I talk a bit about my, my journey, but I basically teach my five steps to, to manifesting money. And to be honest, anything you desire in alignment with your heart and in alignment with your soul. So I, I talk about manifesting in alignment with your soul's purpose so that everything you're calling in and everything you're creating is aligned with what you truly, truly desire because we can create, we can manifest from the level of our mind, from our ego. But if we create from that place, we'll still create problems for ourselves. When we're creating an alignment with our, what I call our heart, soul, or our purpose, that will bring true fulfillment. And, and I use money as a vehicle, uh, manifesting money as a vehicle to access mm -hmm. um, aspects of yourself, of your purpose, your potential, your truth, and also your ability to consciously create your life. So we are very, very powerful. We're very, very powerful beings, but it's about consciously knowing how to tap into that power in a way that in a way that creates in harmony with you in your life mm. and i think that's a good point because i i don't think people realize that you have to be in alignment and have harmony and peace you know there's a lot mm. going on in your life and around us and there's a lot of chatter that i think it's very difficult nowadays to um really understand that so the harmony being in harmony that's so important it is because otherwise we're experiencing you know pain and suffering um not everyone's ready for peace you know not everyone's ready for harmony mm -hmm. and i think sometimes with humans and human nature sometimes things need to get bad enough for us to decide to change things mm. some people don't even realize that that's an option that peace is available you know we might know we know the word <laughs> but it doesn't i think with some people it doesn't even occur to to even think about creating your life from that place wow so it's really fascinating it's like we know what these words are but we don't really know that they're that state of being is available mm. Mm. so 
it's and and what I've learned from myself <laughs> and you know watching humans we tend to learn things the hard way mm-hmm. so we tend to decide to make a change and go for something different when we've hit you know not necessarily as bad as rock bottom but when we've we've suffered enough or like you know what I'm I'm done I don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. And then we might be like, hmm, how about how about that peace thing? <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll go for a bit of that. Or love, you know, if you've been in people might have been abusive relationships or or health. I'm ready to experience greater health after not, you know, having ill health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're interesting creatures. Oh yes, definitely. Okay, Laura. So now we're gonna get into the question portion of the show. So great. Okay, so question one. Who or what motivates you? That is a good question. What motivates me? Obviously, I've got my kids. They motivate me. But there's a the thing that motivates me in my work is something deep within myself. It feels like I don't even have the best words for it, but it's like this calling. This, and I would call that perp, my, my soul's purpose my heart's calling that when I connect to that which I do every day as part of my daily practice that is what motivates me if I'm not connected deeply to myself I feel a little bit I can feel a bit like lost at sea Mm. when I come back into that connection I'm like I find it like there it is it's like this yes and I get very clear guidance about what I need to do and how I need to do it so that is where I find my motivation in my, in my work. Hmm. Okay. What demotivates you? Negativity. So, and cynicism. Mm-hmm. So when I'm really in that connected place, I know, like, I can see what's possible for people. I can, I can see people's potential. I can see and feel it. It's one of my gifts. And that just makes me feel so excited and hopeful and feeling positive for the planet. And like, wow, like I'm covered in goosebumps even speaking right now. Like I can see what's possible for humanity. I can see what's possible for this planet. You know, and then I get really excited and feeling good. And what demotivates me is when people are just super negative and cynical and just focusing on that. It just, it's like, it takes the wind completely out of my sails. Mm. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Well, so, I mean, there's, there's been a number of things that have happened in my life. Um, what I've discovered is that everything that happens and happened to me and happens to all of us that we see as bad or painful or hurtful. If we go in and use that consciously and work with it consciously, you'll see, and we'll see that it's actually been our, one of our greatest teachings, our greatest blessing. So it's happened to me many times. Um, Yeah. So I think one of the things I was told when I was like a kid growing up was that I was selfish. Mm-hmm. And what was really interesting about that was I, it really affected me. Like anything that's been said negatively about me is really affected me. I'm super sensitive, um, which I think we all are. But 
Um, and I had to understand that, like, I, I what, what was being to- told to me as selfish was actually self-care. Mm. And I had to understand that because we haven't been taught what self-care is, we haven't been taught as a society to look after ourselves and put our needs first, that can be misunderstood as selfish. But actually, my whole work has ended up being about teaching about like self-care. <laughs> and actually, it turns out, uh, you know, the opposite is true. Mm-hmm. The opposite is true about me. So it's been a journey of me really knowing my heart and understanding myself. So. So, but that's happened in a number of ways throughout my life, something seemingly negative or painful or hurtful. And I've realized it's there to, sometimes we need to, we learn who we are by experiencing the opposite. Mm. So through contrast and, and through conflict. And so, but I've learned how to use things that are hurtful and painful like that as a teaching piece, as a growth piece and how to transform it. But it took, it's, I've had to go through quite a lot of pain to finally learn how to do that. <laughs> okay. What is your fear? My fear. I was asked this the other day, actually. And one of my fears is being alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but alone in that, you know, being old and having no one around or no friends or no connection. And then I realized probably what it is, is being lonely, mm. being lonely. So yeah, that, that I would say is one of my core fears. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you did? Yeah, I've got, you know, I've got this sort of sad regret around um with with my with parenting because my daughter my eldest daughter is now 14 they're 14 and 11 and i have and it's sort of a general feeling but i wish i hadn't rushed through some of those stages so my little girl she she, she was my oldest girl she she took a while to be able to do things for herself like she wasn't super independent mm-hmm. Uh, I was super fiercely independent as a kid. I was like, I can do it by myself. And she just wanted me to do everything for her. And it used to annoy me because I'd be like, come on, you need to be independent. You need to be an independent woman in the world. Like brush your own hair, like do this for yourself, do that for yourself. And I actually now realize that she needed a, like just a bit more nurturing mm-hmm. for longer. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so I really wish I'd, now if I went back in time, I'd be giving her more care and attention that she needed. I was my intention was to make her a strong independent woman. But I actually really now knowing her personality, she just needed a bit more care and nurturing. Mm-hmm. So I feel I do feel sad about that. Okay. Now here's the opposite. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? <sighs> yeah, I think and if I ever lose my temper, I, I regret that as a, just a general, mm-hmm. I don't like it if I lose, you know, yeah, lose control of my emotions. Like again, with my kids, like if I, I, I never feel good about that. Mm-hmm. So I think anytime I sort of lose control of my emotions or lose my temper, which would mostly come up with my kids when they're little, especially mm-hmm. then I, I, I don't like that. Um, that's a sort of a general one. Um, 
But other than that, like really, honestly speaking, my life has been really on purpose for a long time because I made a commitment over 15 years ago to always follow my intuition and my inner guidance. Mm -hmm. And I've been pretty aligned with that. I'm not, you know, not 100% all the time, but so I've been pretty on purpose. So, um, yeah, so that's that would be that would be it. Just lo- like if I ever like lose my temper with my my kids, I don't like that. Okay, what is your definition of success? Oh, good question. Hmm. For me, success is a feeling because I experienced. I started to. I started to manifest things that I wanted that were on my vision board that I had to work really hard to get to that point like my book was one of them and I really and I've also watched like a lot of successful people in the world and see that you can still not feel successful (laughs) or that it's still not good enough or not enough so I've realized for me success is a is a feeling and for me when I'm on purpose when I'm when I'm doing and taking action in alignment with my language and my heart and soul or that intuition, I feel success. Mm. And also when I'm in a state of like humans, we we have we're we're multi-dimensional. Um, but when I'm coming from a place of joy and alignment and flow, I feel success. Not to say that we're I'm always joyful because I'm not, but when I'm coming back into that aligned flowing place and then I'm taking what I call aligned action Mm -hmm. I feel this sense of success and that seemed because it seems to affect positively affect every area of my life when I'm doing that okay how do you recharge so I do quite a few things to recharge again this is my I've got quite a big self-care practice I get out in nature I walk my dog being out in nature is really important for me mm-hmm. moving my body so that will look different depending on my energy levels but some kind of moving movement stretching i do a lot of meditation sometimes that might look like lying down on the floor even um so stillness breathing being present with myself connecting to my inner guidance um also having deep soulful connections with friends really recharges my batteries i love i love that um and uh eating you know delicious food with people i love what are you awesome sorry so and i may be sleeping as well (laughs) getting good night's sleep okay what are you awesome at um hmm, what am i awesome at that's a good question I think having this like really getting people to talk really honestly and openly. I know I'm really good at that. I can get people to tell me their most vulnerable stories and shares. Hmm. Okay. What legacy do you want to leave? Oh, I love that question. What legacy do I want to leave? I, I from my like in my little microcosm for my family, for my girls, I want my girls to have a solid foundation for themselves within themselves and also externally, like physically. Um so financial foundations. That's for like my microcosm, but for me the microcosm 
is a mirror to the, the macro. So I also, everything I do is about helping people to come home to themselves. And I want to be just touch. I mean, my one would be like, if I touched a million people's lives, helping them to, to empower people to know who they are to come back to their, to come back to the, their home within. They have the power to consciously create their life because I know that when we're, when people move from that place, we're going to be creating in harmony with not only ourselves, our bodies and our lives, but also like the planet, you know, the humanity and the planet. So for me, my legacy is around connection and remembering who we are, remembering our connection to all of life, because then we're going to be making choices that are in harmony with all of life. Mm, good. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. The thing that's coming to share is there is a purpose to your pain. So everything that you experience, what if life has your back all of the time? So even the bad stuff, even the stuff that feels terrible, is here to serve you and support you. And it's about having the courage to dive in and to feel yourself, to come home to yourself. Because in there, in the things that feel the most painful, there is there are jewels, there's gold in there. And it hurts at first. And eventually you will start uncovering like the most beautiful things within yourself. Mm. So, Laura, tell the listeners how they can connect with you and your social media platforms. So, I have my website, which is laurawaldman.com, and you can contact me there. I am on Facebook. If you put in Abundance Activator, that's my Facebook page. I'm on Instagram under Laura Waldman Official, and I'm on YouTube. If you put in Laura Waldman Abundance Activator, you'll find me there. All right. Well, Laura, I hate to end our conversation, but we have wrapped up. Such a pleasure talking with you today, Trina. Oh, I, you know what? And I, I thank you for taking time out of your, your busy schedule to, to be here with me and to impart the wisdom that you have. So it's, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.